Alrighty. Welcome to NJ Weed Man's show. Get on the cannabis. And the reason why I called this show Get on the Cannabis is in honor, actually, of Rosa Parks. Now, I'm one of these people, I read, I read history, and I think Rosa Parks' act of civil disobedience, like, changed the entire civil rights movement at the time. Uh, Rosa Parks, her refusal to get off the bus forced change. Started a protest, started a boycott. These are the same things I'm calling for now. I want to change. The politicians are writing the laws and writing the bills to support, you know, I've said it before, so I'm going to say it again. The Caucasian cannabis corporations. Uh, these big multi-billion dollar corporations are moving into New Jersey and our politicians are writing the bills for them. So for decades, the black market has been providing marijuana to the 800, 900,000 uh, uh, New Jerseyans who smoke marijuana for decades. There is an infrastructure here already. There is a black market industry. And we supply right now. We supply the people of New Jersey. And it irks me that, you know, 20 years ago, when I was busted with a large amount of marijuana, it was dangerous, a controlled dangerous substance, a Schedule One substance. And because of that, I ended up going to prison for 17, 18 months. Then I was on parole for almost two years. And five years, five months of that, I spent in jail on some type of parole violation. So I spent 23 months in prison for marijuana because it was a Schedule One drug. Now, in the last couple of years, they've changed it. They don't want to call it marijuana no more. They want to call it cannabis. It's become acceptable. And now these corporations and all these, these rich people are moving into the commodity now. It's a commodity now. And people like us who've been providing marijuana for decades are being sidelined. And I think it affects everybody. But it affects the victims of the war on drugs even more. People like me, people who sold, my whole life was changed in 1997 when I was busted for weed. And I just, I just can't step back and sit back and watch. I've watched a lot of New Jersey activists just fall off and they're liking what's being proposed. Now what's being proposed right now, if you wanna ask me, is for the last couple of years, the politicians have been fighting back and forth with different issues, different arguments, trying to get marijuana legalized through the state legislature. State legislators could not come to a, a vote. They could not get it to the point where it could pass and they can pass a bill that the governor could sign. And the governor wants to sign. All these people arguing about, he said he promised 100 days. Well, it's not up to him. If you know how government works, the legislature has to get a bill before him and then he would have signed it. So I actually believe Phil, Phil Murphy would probably sign any marijuana legalization bill that got before him, and he would have done it 300 something days ago, but the bill never got to him. So what can he do? All right, so I don't even fault him for that. Um, but I do fault some of the politicians, and the politicians, like I said, they are writing the bill to support certain people, certain corporations, and they're totally ignoring the black market and I say, I, I pull out 
the POCs, persons of color, because I am one. And I think, you know, I went to prison. The first time I got busted for marijuana, I went to prison, you know. And now a lot of these politicians, they acknowledge the social injustice of the weak uh, uh, prohibition. But as they're writing the laws and the bills and legalization is coming, legalization is just as racist or exclusive or inclusive, if you want to put it that way, yeah, include you in the prison, uh, as prohibition of alcohol was or or as, as prohibition was. So legalization to me, the way they're proposing it, is, is, is not, doesn't sit well with me. So like I said, what happened was the politicians couldn't get it through. So then they said, hey, let's get Mikey to do it, the citizens of New Jersey. Let's get the citizens of New Jersey to vote yes. The citizens of New Jersey are probably gonna vote yes. Like, you know, I screamed bloody murder a little bit. I said, no, 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 because it's not how it should be done. But I can see the, the writings on the wall. Most people, most people, they hear the word legalization, they get to vote for legalization, they're gonna vote for legalization. So, you know, it's not perfect, but here's what's gonna happen come November. Come November, I think the people are gonna vote yes. I'm actually gonna vote no, but the people are gonna vote yes. And then it goes back to the politicians. The same ones who are already arguing back and forth about dividing it up with say SB 2703. But anyway, it's gonna go back to them afterwards. And we already got Corporations arguing in Camden County. Yeah, politicians, if they've already got them, that they have aligned themselves with these corporations. And that's what's going to happen. And when that happens, again, I'm just disgusted that that the little people, all little people, are going to be excluded. I think legalization should be for all. For the last 20-something years, I've been publicly advocating legalization. And now, the legalization is around the corner. Looks like it's not for all. It's only for a few. And I'm one of the few excluded as far as I'm concerned. So I'm not going to stop. The war hasn't ended for me. The war on drugs, the war on marijuana is not going to end for me. If they pass legalization tomorrow, I still think I'll, I could go to prison for the weed that I possess right now. Um, if they could get 12. Uh, and I think that would happen to a lot of people. So I'm not, I'm not really happy that they're going to pass. Legalization is going to pass. The people are going to vote for it. And then what? It goes back to the politicians. And I see the stuff they're saying. No home grow. You know why they're not going to have any home grow? Because there's a couple corporations that they think that they, they have paid. And our politicians, they basically lobbied them to keep anybody else from growing. So they get to have a marijuana growing monopoly and a marijuana distribution monopoly. And the rest of us are just shit out of luck. And the rest of us are going to have to patronize these corporations. And sure, there's a couple politicians that blow smoke up our butts about social justice and this, that, and the other. And how we're going to have uh, the trickle down and the little guys are going to get involved. No, they're not. There are rich little guys right now who can't even get it. It's the corporations. I mean, right here in, 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 in Trenton, there's a couple people who have some big money and put some big money in it. They were denied medical marijuana licenses. They were denied licenses now, you know? So a little guy is not going to have it. Now, anybody who knows me, anybody who comes here to the joint. Oh, by the way, yeah, we're filming this at the joint. Our studio is at the joint. It's a restaurant. For those of you tuning in from out of the area, we're located in Trenton, New Jersey. 
Across the street from City Hall, Trenton, New Jersey is the state capital. Um, and I tell you, when we started this business, that's me and Debbie Medeo, when we started this restaurant, not only was it a restaurant, it was a lounge, it was supposed to be a whole protest center. I mean, that's what I wanted. I wanted somewhere to call the home of this protest. And it worked. I mean, I went through a whole bunch of battles back and forth with the with law enforcement, but you know, shook them off. The last two years, no one's bothered me. Um, the last two trials I went to, got one, two punch knockouts on the prosecutor's office. Oh, by the way, this is for Stephanie Katz, in case you tune in. Fuck you. That's the prosecutor, by the way. Um, that's the assistant prosecutor who put me in jail for 447 days or bogus charge. Ultimately, I won. Ultimately, she was trying to shut me up. I'm saying things like this. Didn't work. Even from jail, I was still talking. I turned the trial into a mockery. Got found not guilty twice. I came right out. And guess what I started doing when I got out? Started selling weed like a white guy. <laughs> and for those of you out there who get all butthurt about that, listen, man, I'm probably one of the least racist people there are as a black guy. More than half of my friends so are white. white guy. Yeah, exactly. We got a white guy in the audience. And um, listen, he'll tell you, not only do I say I'm going to sell weed like a white guy, I got a white guy who sells weed with me. <laughs> and most of the customers I have are white, too. So I don't know. I don't think it is a offensive thing what it is my hashtag is the truth and and it's, it's a civil disobedience thing because all you have to do is look for those of you always come you people out there who say i don't know what i'm talking about all you gotta do is google the seven ceos of the atcs in new jersey alternative treatment centers these are the seven people who are quote unquote i'm gonna use their word that they're legally allowed to sell marijuana in the state of new jersey Really, nobody can sell nothing, possess nothing, no marijuana in the entire country because federal law is supreme. And technically, nobody can. But the state of New Jersey and several other states have passed medical marijuana laws that purport to legalize certain people. I'm not one of those certain people, so I don't know. Now, I don't even know where to go with this. Hey, Cheryl Ann, I'm looking. I'm looking at my uh, at my feed. What's up there, Martin Nickerson, Laura, Cheryl Ann? Martin Nicholson had a pretty big case out in uh, Washington a few years ago. I flew out to Washington and kind of helped him uh, uh, get a jury nullification movement going out there. Um, ultimately, his his prosecutors decided to drop the charges, I think is how it all resolved. And no, they never actually went to trial. So that was a good thing. Um, but hey, somebody send me the link on my inbox so I can rebroadcast the Instagram. I can't see it. Yes, Weed Man is also Beer Man occasionally. So it's a podcast. So I'm gonna have a beer. And I don't only drink Corona. I like Bex too. 
And for those of you who are <laughs> butthurt Heineken fans, we can drink some Heineken too. Uh, what am I smoking? Someone just asked. It's called Ghostface. That's what. I can't really see it from there, but. Some bud called Ghostface. I sell it at $60 a gram, by the way. When I sell weed like a white guy. <laughs> Any questions? Where is this going to go? But I plan on doing this every Monday. Uh, from 6 to 7. Yeah, we're potheads. So we're a little late today. We started at 6.30. But anyway, from 6 to 7. Every Monday. At some point, we're going to expand, expand from 4.20 to 7 p.m. And I have to tell you, I have two producers here. We got a whole bunch of equipment and we're trying to get it all worked out. Right now, I'm just basically on my phone. After all this equipment's over here, how many stoners does it take to get a podcast up and running? <laughs> we got three right now. Check it out. I need my producers over here. Pop in and pop on. Pop on this side of the camera for a second. Pop on this side of the camera. We got Monk right here. He's a Trenton local. And he's going to be running a podcast along with Jordan Free. Yeah. Spelled like fried. Right? Spelled like or fried. Yeah. Fried spelled like, yeah, that's how he says it. <laughs> uh, he's a comedian too. Uh, Comedy nights, Wednesday nights. The second right. and third Wednesday of every month. That's right. We do comedy here, and Jordan not only is he a producer for the Weed Man Show, he's also a comic. He's the lead comic on our comedy night. Um, yeah. And and Monk here, he runs a podcast somewhere else. He runs a whole radio station somewhere else. So we're gonna simulcast our show yeah. on his station at some point. Today we're just kind of practicing. We're getting in a, in a in a groove, and at some point we're gonna move on and have all kinds of special effects and picture in picture, and be able to put YouTube videos up at the same time I'm talking about them and all that stuff. Uh, all right, what are you guys doing, man? Come on, get out of here. My <laughs> show. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sitting here like they get to talk. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um. Anyway, I don't even know where to go next. I know one thing, though. I refuse to give up, man. You know, I feel like Rosa Parks was right, man. She's, she's, she said no. And that's kind of what I'm doing. Like, no, nope, I'm not getting off this can of bus. I went to prison for selling weed. I went to prison, prison for possessing weed. As far as I'm concerned, those 1,200 days I spent in jail, here, there, or the other, for weed, that was my licensing fee. I paid my licensing fee. I'm not coming out with a million bucks. I'm not coming out with $100,000. I'm not coming out with $100. I'm selling weed. Now, we'll just leave it at that for now. I'll give you some more details. In fact, during this show in the future, there are going to be some ex episodes and some segments where I'm just doing nothing but selling weed as I talk to the public. There are going to be times... Oh, by the way, I need a heckler line, producers. We're going to have a heckler line, like a phone call. You can sit right here. You dial the phone. Because I know I got heaters out there. So 
I want to answer the phone, put them on speaker, and let them talk. <laughs> so at some point, I like engaging with hecklers. In fact, I know I got at least one or two hecklers looking at me right now. I got a hater watching right now. I see you there, hater. I see you. I'm not going to say nothing. 60 grams, damn, Ed. Wait a minute, but this is some fire. Now hold it, hold it. Rich, check this out. You know what I had a sale on yesterday? I had three eighths for 100 bucks. That's $33 an eighth. And it was any strain you wanted. Well, any strain that I put on the second or third shelf. The top shelf was 60. But it was 60, it was it was 100 bucks for three for three eighths. I think that's a good deal almost anywhere. Wait a minute, Steven, I'm wanting to find out if people needing organ replacements are being rejected for their medical marijuana status. You know, I don't know about that, Steven. I'm not a doctor. That's not my line of argument most of the time, but medical marijuana people would know that. And I do think I do remember reading that, but I thought at some point that changed. I think there was a time when they were considering all across the country, all these medical places, any marijuana was considered a drug. And if you were a drug addict, they wouldn't give you a organ transplant or something like that. They weren't the best candidates. That's what I remember before. But I don't know if that's changed now. I mean, marijuana has become a lot more acceptable. And listen, people, I still use the word marijuana. So you people that want to chime in and talk about cannabis, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't care. I'll say cannabis from time to time, but you know what? I went to prison for was marijuana. It was marijuana. My whole life it was marijuana. And I know how it became marijuana. You know, Mexicans used this word marijuana and they were using it for a long time. When here in America, they were trying to demonize and make it illegal. They used racism and they called it marijuana in a negative way against Mexicans. And they made this thing illegal by calling it marijuana when it was cannabis to most Europeans. All right, so fast forward. For decades, people went to prison for marijuana. Now, although I'm happy that it's becoming much more acceptable, I just kind of find it ironic that, wait a minute now, you used this Mexican word to demonize it by calling it marijuana. So now, you know, you're making the Caucasian acceptable by calling it cannabis, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I have mixed mixed up feelings about that. What's up, Nathan? I can never say your name because you don't have an H in it. So I want to say Nathan. But every time I look, I say Nathan. What's up there, Gail? Miss Muhammad? Johnny Chambers? Hey, check this out. As I'm looking on my Facebook feed, I can see certain people. Johnny Chambers. Johnny, wait a minute. Let me double check. Let me let me look at your Facebook. Let me see. Are you the same Johnny from over there, Pennsylvania, across the bridge? Oh, I can't do that. I think it is him. There was a time when I was all fucked up. I was all screwed up. I came from, uh, when I came from California a few years ago, people know my history. I came back from California. And at the time, I had some bone tumors and I had to do the surgery. I was all screwed up. My leg was hurting. I couldn't drive. I didn't have a driver's license. I had put out a call one day saying that I need, uh, 
I needed uh, somebody, somebody to drive my weed mobile. And actually several people answered. So I had no license, but I had a vehicle, a weed mobile that had, you know, insurance and registration and everything else on it. So, you know, all I needed to do is have somebody drive me. And I think this is the same Johnny who, who drove me around for a couple of times. I think he drove me to, did you drive me to Connecticut? Where did you, I think he drove me to Connecticut. What's up there, Vaughn? Caitlin, I don't think I ever met you there, Caitlin. But I don't know you've been following me a long time. I've, I've seen you quite a bit over the years online. But I don't think I ever met you. Maybe I did. What's up there, Mike V? Mike V is the dancing bong guy. Hey, I have to tell you, I made the news this week. I made the news because let me tell you something. I'm running for Congress. Think about this. I'm running for Congress. I'm running under the legalized marijuana party. Something I've done every year, almost every year, we'll say 16 times in the last 21 years since I got busted. I've been running for office. Office. So 16 times I've basically I've run under the legalized marijuana party. One year I ran under the U.S. marijuana party. But anyway, this year, the people of the state of New Jersey are voting for the legalization of marijuana. There's a question on a ballot about adult use of, of marijuana. So they're making it legal. There's a question. There's a lot of people going to show up and vote for it. And every year, like I said, I always had a slogan. My slogan behind my name, instead of being a Democrat or Republican, was Ed Fortune from the Legalized Marijuana Party. And that would be on the ballot. This year, I was so looking forward to it being on the ballot, Ed Fortune from the Legalized Marijuana Party, running for Congress in the 12th District. And all these people were coming to vote for legalizing marijuana. All these people, I envisioned, I envisioned voting for me and guess what happened at the department of elections this year coincidence happenstance deliberate censorship i got my slogan somehow disappeared off of the ballot i wasn't on the ballot let me join my live i do want somebody to join my live hold it how do i do that you gotta you do, do it over there, there. Yeah. We're going to pick somebody, Mr. Producer. Right pick somebody. But I can't see them from here. Request. How do we do it? See, we're still playing with this. Send me a request. If you, you want to go on my Instagram say, live, go ahead. Send me a request. On, on. It's on. Who's who's coming on? I can't see them from this side. Uh, yeah, but he'll, he'll, he'll hear you. Yeah, yeah. Yo, who we got there? I can't see that feed. Let's get the phone. Zach. Use that phone for that. The one that's passed. Yeah, but it's not His on here. His name's Zach. Is Zach? Yep. Oh, I see. What's going on, Zach? How you doing? Where are you from? I saw your, I saw your truck the other day. Tabernacle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On 206. Yeah, I live out there. Okay, that'll work, man. I I go down that way sometimes. My uh my daughter lives out there, or she used to live out there. But uh, my... my Road. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Or, or Moore's, uh, Moore's Meadow Road. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. I do go out there a lot. And, and listen, he's talking. I don't know. Some people are not from this area who are tuning in and watching. So 
years ago, I had, I don't know, wait a minute, let me explain this. You know, over the years, I've had five weed mobiles. Right now, I'm driving weed mobile number six, which is a police car. This that's a state looks like a state trooper car, but it says pot trooper on the side. Uh, instead of having the red and yellow, I mean, uh, blue and yellow stripe, it has a green and yellow stripe. Instead of saying police or whatever, it says weed man. But from a distance, people do think it's a it's a state trooper, you know, until they get right up on me. And then I can push the button and there's smoke comes out. Did you see the smoke? What's that? that that's what's up. Did you see the smoke? Where'd, I, where'd you see me at? Was I just driving down the road or was I like at a Wawa or something? Huh? You turned on the Cranes Road and I saw you and I was <laughs> yeah, that'll work, man. I like that. I like that. Take a picture next time, man. Post it online. I see people are doing that. What you smoking on? I had a joint earlier. You're out of weed? Oh, okay. Well, are you out of weed? You out of weed? Dude, just for showing up on my show, being the first caller, man, I got an eighth for you. Show up and come get the eighth. I don't drive yet. I'm getting my license this week. I got my permit. Wait a minute. How old are you? 18. I just got my permit, though, because I waited. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I still got a joint for you. For being the first caller, being the first person on my feed, I got an eighth for you, all right? Zach, make sure you come in and say, Zach, I remember your face, so ask for me. Just ask for me. If I'm around, right. I got you, all right? All right? But come have a turkey burger. Come enjoy the place. You know, I have NJ Weedman's joint right across the street from City Hall in Trent, New Jersey. All right, Zach. All right. I'll talk to you later. Peace. Let's see, who else wants to pop on the Weed Man show? One of these producers are going to have to figure this out. See, these are little kinks we got to do. All right, Zach is gone. Who else is trying to get in here? They have to volunteer. We can't they, just put them on. <laughs> I know, but I, I saw more than one request. That's why I can see that, but I can't see them. Pop on, somebody. I don't even care if it's a heckler. <laughs> yeah, I might need a mute button. No, I need I need to shut them off real fast. They say the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. All right. So, hey, I do a reefer raffle here at the joint. I don't know how how can I incorporate the reefer raffle into this podcast. I'm sure I'll get a bunch of ideas. But the problem is getting the money transfer. Because I've had years ago, I was doing a reefer raffle. And there was only like PayPal then. And they cut it off. You know, I, I couldn't get PayPal for years because of that. Um, I know there's Cash App and Zelle and everything else now. I just don't know how I could do it. How I could prove. Eh, I don't know. But I want to do an online reefer raffle. 
And I'm pretty sure there's some platforms out there that could handle it if I was doing sports betting or something like that. But because it's technically still illegal and, you know, no one's going to host it, I got to figure out how to do it. But you, but until then, you can always come into the joint, buy yourself a turkey burger or something. Anytime you buy something, you get a raffle ticket. The raffle ticket is free. But what you can win from the raffle ticket, we usually, third place wins a Wonka bar, a chocolate bar or something, a THC chocolate bar. Second place wins a little bigger type of prize. Uh, you know, also uh, usually uh, some type of edible. But the first place prize is always an ounce of wheat. Always. In the last six months, man, we've given away over a pound of wheat, almost two pounds. More than two pounds of wheat now. We're approaching two pounds of wheat that we've given away in the last 30 weeks. Every week, every Sunday. So, and the only way you can get in this reefer raffle is to come into the joint, get something to eat, get a raffle ticket. COVID messed us up. Because I was expecting people to come in, get something to eat, sit back, chill, stay in a restaurant, hang out in the lounge. But COVID messed us up this year. COVID messed up the entire country. And pray if you pray for the 180,000 people that have died of COVID. It's not a hoax. Um, it's probably more than that, to be honest with you. That's how I look at it. Even though the hoaxers, the Trumpsters, they say things like, it's not really 180,000. It's more like... 3,000 or some other stupid figure they use. You know, but anyway, I don't know if I should even stay on that topic or not. I do. Hey, today I wrote, we wrote, we wrote down in Delaware today in a boat. And there was a, I think it's something that's been going on. I've been seeing it on TV that voters for Trump, like there's a bunch of voters all over the country who are riding around down up and down their rivers and their lakes and their waterways with, with uh, Trump flags. And sure enough, today on the Delaware River, between Trenton, New Jersey, and I'll say, uh, where'd we go? We didn't go to Bordentown. We make it that far. Florence, Florence, New Jersey, on the Delaware. There were, uh, there were a lot of voters out there that had Trump flags. And I don't know, man. I despise the guy on so many different levels. I, I don't understand it. I really don't. Am I deranged? I guess I am. I don't know. I guess I am, because every day I wake up to find out what Trump said yesterday, what he did. I have all kinds of opinions. I talk crap. You know, I lost friendships over Trump. And at this point, I don't even care. If you were my friend, <laughs> you are a Trumpster, I don't even care that you're not my friend no more. I'm still an anti-Trumpster. Like, that's just, I, I he's totally rubbed, rubbed me wrong, and you know? He rubbed me long, wrong, long before he ran for president. During his uh, birther shit, that really rubbed me wrong. But I didn't like his show, Fired. That's not a good show. 
That's like he was like the villain. Like, like firing somebody. How many of you people had jobs and been fired and your life is devastating, fucked up for a while and takes you forever to get back up, knocks you off your stride? That's not a good thing to be the dude that fires you. You know, I, I didn't like that. And all those little comments over the years in the paper on things and in the news, and I just never liked him. I haven't liked him since the 80s. I worked at his casino, Trump Plaza in Atlantic City. Um, I worked in Ivana's. Ivana's was the restaurant named after his first wife, Ivana, Ivanka's mother, Ivana. Ivana actually hired me. I was working at the Sands in room service and I met her and I had a whole big giant conversation with her about her restaurant that I had read about. And next thing you know, she hired me and I got hired at the Sands. I got hired from the Sands to Trump Plaza. I wasn't a day one crew. I got hired like two or three weeks after they opened. And but I was there for a couple years. And when I was when I was there, I actually waited on Donald Trump. Dozens of times, not as the head waiter. I was like a busboy at that time. But, you know, I cleaned this table off. I sat back there and I listened to them having stupid conversations. And I was eavesdropping all the time. i never forget Lee Iacocca walked in. And I recognized him as the guy from Chevy or Chrysler or whoever, Chrysler, I think. I remember he was like like the first really big name that walked in when I was a busboy. Maybe two or three days in the, after I was working there. And I sat there in the side room eavesdropping on Donald Trump talking to Lee Iacocca. Um, and I used to do it all the time. I did it to a lot of people, to be honest with you. I can remember doing it to the Hobmanian brothers. I don't know if anybody knows who the Hobmanian brothers are. But the Hobmanian brothers were big developers here in New Jersey. They made big houses. There's Hobmanian uh, 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 um, estates. There's there's huge developments of these nice houses made by the Hobmanian brothers all over um, the East Coast. I think it's New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, I think is where they operated. But I can remember like sitting back listening to the, listening to their conversations. Uh, at the time, Donald Trump was a, uh, he was the owner of the USFL uh, Giants in New Jersey. And he had Herschel Walker as his running back. And Herschel Walker was the man. And I remember I was so excited when Herschel Walker came in. I was eavesdropping. I stayed around the table. I made sure I did everything right on that table. And I was just, I just listened to the whole thing. And he was only like a year or two older than me at the time. I think I was 20, 19 or 20. And he was like 21, 22. Um, Mike Tyson, same thing. Mike Tyson was in there all the time with uh, Customato. So I actually met Customato too. Sugar Ray Leonard. It was so many celebrities that came to Donald Trump's restaurant, to his wife's restaurant. It was the best restaurant in the city. Um, there was a there was a restaurant at the Sands that was comparable, another five star international restaurant. I think it was called the Le Mesami. It was a French restaurant, and then it was uh, Ivana's, and Ivana's was in Trump Plaza. And Trump Plaza was next to Convention Hall, and it was just it was such a booming place. Um, I was proud to work there. I loved it. It was still to this day, I think it was the best job I ever had. I mean, I, I have so many stories from when I worked at Trump Plaza that it was two years. Um, but the thing was, I can remember we called him Biff. Like, like I remember having a dislike for him then. Like, he just was like this pompous ass. Like, he was just an ass. And 
I don't know, some people like people like that. So he was like a celebrity that way, but he was like a celebrity for being an ass or being a dick, you know? I don't know. Um, and I and I was proud as crap to work there, work for him, the whole nine yards, but I just never liked it. And it, it has turned into now a very huge dislike. He would never remember me. His wife, my, his first wife might actually remember me, but he would never remember me. I was just a busboy. I was an insignificant little dude. Um, at some point, I think I became waiter, but again, I still didn't deal with him uh, much other than to clean his table and I'd sit back and listen to his conversation, and drop water on him once in a while. <laughs> oh, I will tell a story since I'm telling stories. I'm gonna tell a story about Bill Cosby. When I was working at Trump Plaza, Bill Cosby did a 30-day stand-up routine at Trump Plaza. And he stayed in the casino. He stayed upstairs. His wife, his kids, all of them, they all stayed there. And he came and used our restaurant like it was his, uh, like it was his personal living room, uh, his personal uh, di uh, dining room. So he would come down and eat every day before he went on his show, went, went and did his show. And he was such an ass, too. And I'll never forget, Bill Cosby tried to get me fired. Like, I was, I was, like, like I was just a busboy, man. And I was, I was just, I was like so happy. He was Bill Cosby. And to me, he, he, he didn't even, he wasn't a Mr. Huxtable yet. This is before the Huxtable shit. To me, he was, hey, 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 I'm Fat Albert. Like, I grew up with Bill Cosby doing the Fat Albert show. And I knew he played an I Spy and all that. And he was like the coolest black guy ever. And that's how I felt. I was the only black guy that worked at at, at, at Ivana. No, it was two of us. It was me and a guy named Spike. We called him Spike. His name was uh, Kenny. But anyway, me and Kenny was the only two young black guys working at, at, at Ivana's. And Bill Cosby came in. And like we were like fighting over each other, trying to, to do right for this guy, trying to like make him out to like, like we were kissing his ass. We were doing everything. Well, anyway. At some point, he wasn't on my table one day. I was somewhere else. I was on, but I was walking by his table. He grabs my arm. He said, "Oh, young man, can you please bring me some water?" That, to me, I was like happy to go do something for Bill Cosby. I run off to go do something for Bill Cosby. I go get some water. And I remember he said Avion water. That's what he said. He said, "Can you get me some Avion water?" I was like, "Sure." I stepped around, looked around. There was no Avion water. I don't know if it was Poland Springs. I don't even think Poland Springs was around yet, but it was a bottled water. I grabbed the bottle of water, came right back to his table and started pouring it into his, into his glass. And he then grabbed my arm. And again, he's like, young man, can't you read? And I was like, like what? He was like, I said Avion water. And he said it like loud and half the damn room looked. And it just like embarrassed me. I was a young dude, I was 20 years old. And you know, and I was like, okay, yes, Mr. Cosby. And I ran off looking for um, some Avion water. In the meantime, Bill Cosby's flipping out because somebody, me, brought him this other water when he wanted Avion water. And he really tried to get me fired. And I remember from, like he walked in and he was like, I was like loving Bill Cosby. Like, like every time he came, like, I was happy that he was there, you know? Like, he was there for, like, a month. So, this happened about a week into him being there. Well, anyway, he made such a fuss about fire, getting me fired and everything. And 
and all this. And I'm saying, and listen, I also knew his history. I knew this is a dude from North Philly. <laughs> he grew up in North Philly drinking North Philly water, and he's having a heart attack in the casino and trying to get me fired because I gave him some bottled water that wasn't French Avion water. Um, and it was it was funny. They made me work next door for like a week or two. Bill Cosby thought that he was he was had successfully fired me, but all they did was transfer me to a different part of the casino for two weeks until his thirty days of doing his comedy shit was up. And then when he went back to traveling the country, I got and I got transferred back to Ivana's and I worked back at Ivana's. But he thought he fired me, and it was over a bottle of Avion water. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe Avion water was his preferred method of dropping pills. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but I remember that. I never forget that he that he that he got he he came very close to getting me fired. He made a big fuss over Avion water. But anyway, Donald Trump. I actually liked working for him. My first lawsuit though was because I got fired. I got fired. I got fired. I got. I know that story, but I'm not even gonna talk about it right now. I'm supposed to be talking about other things, marijuana-related things, things right now. So I'll get back to that. But yeah, I did. I really did. I worked. I worked with. Uh, I worked at his casino. It is Labor Day. Huh? It is Labor Day. Yeah. But of- but I got fired. From Trump Plaza, like yeah, then now the you have the best job in the world. Yeah, then the dude <laughs> he became the president. He got famous off his show, fired, and like he didn't actually fire me. He had nothing to do with it. Um, but, but I don't know. I don't know. I just don't. I don't like him. Yeah, his boats. They were a bunch of boats sank. You're right. Some Trump boats sank. Yeah. Stop focusing on that dude. I can't help it. Every day he's like on TV. You watch. He, he does everything. That's my boy too, Cosby, yeah, Heather. Cosby was my, I grew up loving Bill Cosby. Now imagine that, Bill Cosby's in prison for drugging women. And I'm doing a podcast across the street from City Hall, smoking weed and selling weed in the state capitol. And Bill Cosby's in jail. Donald Trump is president. <laughs> oh man, I I couldn't imagine this. In nineteen eighty three, that's what I was working. I was working at no eighty four. Was eighty four. I was working at Ivana's. And yo, you know, I had I had a bad experience too with Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray Leonard like cussed me out one day. And yo, Sugar Ray Leonard was a little guy. I'm bigger than Sugar Ray Leonard. And I remember the way he talked to me. I really wanted to punch him, but I knew he would kick my ass. But I just remember <laughs> the way he talked to me, and at, at, like, like he took he took me to the side and gave me like this talk. It was like basically telling me never to speak to him in public again. Like somehow, like I I came out of my face. I was being nice because I was a fan. I was like I was talking to him because I was a fan, and he took it like somehow I was giving him the brother routine. Like somehow that I felt like. Cause I was a brother that I could talk to him like any way I want. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? And anyway, I remember really thinking I had so many experiences at, uh, at Trump Plaza. It was amazing. I went places. I made money. I remember the first time I ever hung out with some of the, uh, 
with 76ers, some Philadelphia 76ers. Andrew Tony. I remember hanging out with Andrew Tony from the 76ers. Up, oh, somebody else wants to jump in? I don't know who it is. All right, who is it? It's happening. All right, who is it? Let's see. Pop in, whoever you are. Yo. I can't see you. Who is it? Can you see? Can you hear me? Oh, shit, I see you now. What's up there, Patrick Duff? What's up, man? It's all good, man. How's the new show going? Hey, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm playing. <laughs> I'm talking. We got a whole bunch of equipment that we haven't got in line yet. I'll be able to put on my little TV stuff and all that. For those of you who don't know Patrick Duff, me and Patrick Duff been friends for a good... Man, when was that? 15? I got out of prison, actually. And right after that, I was just mad as hell passing out flyers. And I met him passing out flyers. Maybe, what, 2003 or somewhere around there? Yeah, something about right there. A little earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then when you got out of prison, I tried to have you on my on my radio show. Oh, that's right, that's right. Oh, but you was doing real terrestrial radio. You was doing a Philly a, a station affiliate, a AM radio station, I, was, I think. I was actually doing a station in Vineland, and then you were supposed to come on that night, and that's when your your uh, your P your parole, parole officer locked you up for making those commercials. That's right. That's right. Right. Yep. I was calling your wife. Your wife's like, he's not home. I'm like, well, he's supposed to be on the show. <laughs> yep. I remember that. And 400 and something days later, 474 days, I think it was. No, 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 no. My bad. My bad. Not that time. 125 days later. 125 days. That's that goes into my count. I remember it was 125 days. 123 days. Later, the judge ruled that my jailing was unconstitutional and ordered me released. You know, federal judge Irenus acting on my writ of habeas corpus. And I won my habeas corpus and he ordered me released. But yeah, I was supposed to go on your show that night. So that's ironic. Now you're calling me on my show. Yeah, man. Well, luckily I don't have any parole. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is the only dude. He's, he drives a police car just like I do. Yeah, and it was an accident. No, neither one of us knew that the other one was doing that. <laughs> Listen, I decided that it was better to be to, to just join him. But now with all these protests and stuff, I'm looking for another car. Yo, the people give you the finger? <laughs> I get all kinds of looks, man. Especially being white and skinny and blue-eyed. <laughs> Yo, he drives a police interceptor. It looks like a police car. Like it really looks like a police car. Um, yeah, I keep it real sharp too. Yeah, it's all shiny, armor rod and shit. <laughs> so he looks like a yeah, he looks like a detective when he pulls up. But it probably stinks like my car. <laughs> do you smoke in it? Oh man, I can't help it. Shit, I I. Sometimes I'm smoking before I turn the key. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? Drive it. I take, I take the big giant, the big giant bong rips. So that's a little bit difference. Oh, yeah. You uh, don't smoke. Yeah, you don't smoke joints that much. Nah, I make you cough, man. Especially that, you know, with the whole COVID thing, coughing in public is really taboo. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, a few days ago, like I haven't been smoking with nobody. I don't share joints or nothing. Not in about five or six months. A few nights ago, I I went bar hopping, which I haven't done that in months either. But
But since some of, the, some of the bars are open, I went bar hopping the other night, just hit a couple bars. And one of the bars I went to, um, there was this tattoo artist that I know around here. He's pretty famous around here. Anyway, I bumped into him. I wound up sitting there talking to him, bullshit, and had a couple beers. And he passed me a joint. I put it to my lips. I took like two or three puffs, and it didn't hit me. I was like, oh! I made like a whole I damn near scream in the bar. Like, I realized what I just did. I was like, I just put my lips on this joint. Like, you know, like, yo, life has changed, man, because of COVID. Like, potheads aren't sharing weed no more. You know? Hell no. Not not as much, at least not me. I see people smoking bull, like, especially young people. I still see them doing it. Or they pass it, no problem, this, that, and the other. But I think older people, people of my age, we do not share joints no more. You know, after we've been doing it our whole... Our whole life we've been doing it. And now, bam, we're not doing it. That's just because you don't watch CNN too much. Nah, man. See, I, I, I read some of your posts, man. I'm not, I know you're not a Trumpster, but man, you done caught some of it. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. I don't feel like arguing. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you think a mask can save you from, from a virus, then put it on kids for secondhand smoke, too. Will it help them? Was it different? Is it a totally different thing? No, it's airborne, man. It's yeah. Airborne toxin. But you just said about for secondhand smoke. First of all, you're not gonna get sick in like within a week, I ten days. Me. You're not gonna be contagious. Yes. Will you have some? Can there be some issues with secondhand smoke down the road? Does the kid have asthma? Would a kid? Can the kid possibly go into uh, some type of asthmatic attack because he has a mask on that's probably smoking anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that could happen. But the opposite is is way more. It's way. Is the consequences of magnitude are so much more when you're talking about this deadly virus? And yes, it doesn't kill everybody. It kills three percent. Three percent. That's what it does. Three percent. I don't know, man. Three percent. It kills. 6% it gets sick, 10, 12% have some type of feeling. So about 10% of the people who get it will be affected. And 3% will die. So yeah, that's I, that's how I look at it. Do I want to be a 3%? I'm not even taking that chance. <laughs> I don't think I don't think so. I think I these are scientists, man. I don't fall. I don't. Everything is not a part of a big giant conspiracy. They were charlatans. That doesn't mean that they were the leading scientists of the day. Right now, right now, all the companies are competing, trying to get it. There are startup companies that are getting getting it. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. There's money in everything, man. There's money in everything. We live in a capitalistic society. Ed, the vaccine was paid for by the defense program, DARPA. It's a weapons program. Man, everything is... Listen, everything 
has has everything has its military object uh uh use usefulness almost everything the the defense department the power of america the power of american ingenuity the the defense department the nasa whoever our health departments we're going to come up with all kinds of things that no one else is going to do who has the resources to do that other than a country like america that doesn't mean that everything is some nefarious reason for doing it you're making a vaccine to save people and then there's always that person that says you're making a vaccine to kill people yeah, but here's the thing. It's not a vaccine. Moderna vaccine is MNRA. Uh, they're creating their own virus to inject into people. That will change your your genetic code. Wait a minute. But hold it. That's what a virus is. That's what a virus. That's what a vaccine is. A vaccine puts 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 little particles of something into you to stimulate your antibody system, your defense system. Or slightly living virus. This is not what they're doing. Trust me. This is a new version of vaccine they call vaccine therapy. And it's an MNRA virus that they stick into your body and can, and can encode your DNA. Wait a minute. Is coding your DNA or, Correct. or, or wait a minute, or stimulating your antibodies, your nope. defense systems in your own body? And wait a minute. How does it code your DNA? Wait a minute. They put this in your body and it does what to your DNA? How does it? It doesn't it, change it. It, re, it recodes your DNA. How does it recode it? Wait a whole back up, back up, back up. How does it recode your DNA? You know that, right? Say that again. Coronavirus does the same thing. It changes your DNA. So does a flu. It literally changes your DNA slightly each time it comes into your body. Yo, what are you smoking right now? Oh, I got some blue, the blue glue. I'm trying to change the subject. Plus, I want to know what not to smoke. Well, yeah, real quick, I wanted, I wanted to say, you know what? Um, I'm proud of your podcast. I'm glad you're doing it. And people should know that, um, you know, in the sense of, like, uh, how this, this this legalization thing goes, that right now the reason why people are, like, taking names off ballots and taking the legalization of marijuana off ballots is because it's not fringe anymore. You right. Know, and somebody like you who's been living in the fringe for so long and then putting this forward so it got to where it is. Um, you know, it's just interesting that they choose this year to take that off the, the ballot. And, right. Uh, and you know, yo, I, I didn't even finish saying that. I filed a lawsuit really fast. Like, when I found out on the 31st of August, last Sunday, I found out. On Monday, I tried to negotiate with the Department of Elections, and on which failed. And on Tuesday, I filed a lawsuit. On Thursday, I was and I asked for an emergency hearing. I did all the paperwork right. I paid all the money. I did everything right. I got before a judge for an emergency hearing, and she heard both sides of the case. And then still on Friday, she ruled against me. So I actually lost. My name is not going to be on the ballot. That was nope. I lost. So for the last 17, 18 elections, there's been Edward Fortune, the legalized marijuana party, on the ballot, almost quirky like. You know, there are people, you know, there are people in different parts of the country. They always know, like, hey, this Vermin Supreme is always going to be on the ballot, and NJ Weedman is always going to be on the ballot. And this year, they took it off. Like, it's like incredible. Of all years, too. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't think it was a mistake, or I don't know. Sometimes I think, okay. They did it on purpose, and other times, like, 
I believe they made a mistake, and I don't know. I don't know. Listen, but it's crazy. Don't, 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 don't even worry. I, I would say you launch a massive writing campaign. I'm on the ballot. No, no, I'm on the ballot. I'm on the ballot. I just don't have my slogan. They took it off. There was going to be some confusion, too, I bet you. You know, if people would have walked in and they would have voted for me, thinking that I was like, oh, voting for this guy. Yeah, this is the legalized marijuana thing. And they would have voted. I, I, I mean, I know that's what would have happened. Absolutely. Yeah. So rather than have these, you know, what if I... What if, that, that works the same way for Democrats. Yeah. If, yeah, if you yeah, get... Yeah. yeah, people just walk in and just pull the LR. The, 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 the lever for, for Democrats or the lever for Republicans. You know, I should do a I should do a little revenge next year, maybe. Maybe I should run for Demo- on a Democratic Party primary ticket. Or maybe as a Republican. <laughs> on a Republican ticket. Well, I, I, I suggest uh, you go with the, uh, they have that new family, what is it called? The, uh, the girl on city council in Philadelphia won. Um, the family party it's like a progressive movement of the democratic party but um and and she 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 won keisha bradford or not keisha bradford that's the the that's the prosecutor the uh da but, but one of the um one of the city council people won under the family like a family party what's her face sue altman you know who sue altman is no i haven't been following really, philadelphia well, politics in a while woman that got ripped out of the, the state house and George Norcross was there and ripped out by the police. Remember the same police guy that he was smoking yeah. behind? I kind of remember this. I remember this. I remember this story. I do remember this story. You know, the same, the same guy, the same big-ass state trooper that you just, you lit your joint behind and was like yeah. just telling you to move your marijuana so you can sell it somewhere else yeah. was, 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 was lynching that, that little girl, though. like a, like a five-foot-four yeah. girl. Yeah, I saw it. I did. Now, now that you reminded me, I know what you're talking about. Hey, yeah, but look, she, her, her, her movement would, help, would, would put you right up there. They I don't know. People elected. They, they did Amy Kennedy. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, look into it. But hey, listen, you know I've been a protester for years, so it's all part of my little protest. Uh, wrong with that. The whole legalized mar- the legal putting legalized marijuana on the ballot every year was like, like my little no way. Yeah, you know, like that's crazy. Like this was that was part of my civil disobedience, part of my one of my little tactics for legalization. Like every year, I had this issue on the ballot. I gave thousands of people in the state of New Jersey just this option to vote for a legalized marijuana party, legalized marijuana. And then this year, when it's on the state ballot, it's not on my name. Like they told me, I'm I'm thinking about appealing. I you know I can appeal tomorrow if I want to. I know how to do it. Now it should just be to sell weed like I'm a white guy party. <laughs> Listen, you know. No, I'm just saying you can you can because that joint is done. You, you, you we we done we done toast with that turkey. Right. Yeah. You know? So 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 yeah. so are you suggesting that I, I have to put on I have to put on some a, a different voice? So, sir, are you suggesting that? Ed Weedman Fortune next year run for office under the Sell Weed Like I'm White party? Yes. <laughs> now this is coming, this is a suggestion from a white guy. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just run, that, run under the, uh, the old ass white man party. Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Listen, I'm going to let you go. I'll be good.
That's Patrick Duff, man. This guy, Google him, follow him. Patrick Duff, how to, yeah. Follow me. Uh, yo, throw your throw your throw your page out there. Type your link. Type a link you want somebody to follow you on. Yo, you got a Wikipedia page? Now nah, he's gone. Oh well. What's that? I think he closed his place. He told me recently he closed his place. He moved from one place to the other place. I haven't been to the new place, and then he told me he closed it. I think it was coronavirus issues, though. You know, he wasn't allowed to have people there. I, on one hand, have, you know, because of the restaurant here, we were allowed to stay open, and but we just couldn't have people inside, and luckily, I have outside. Hey, listen, from time to time, people, on this show, I won't just be sitting at this desk doing this. From time to time, I might just have my iPhone at the dinner table and be eating whatever we're, we're cooking here. I may have the, 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 the soup of the day, something i'm gonna do some things like that so this show is gonna be a show in progress i'm gonna be talking about things from my perspective um and i want to bring bring it to the attention of the world that legalization is coming and they're just not doing it right i mean people went to prison for it people's lives were ruined i think my life was ruined and i like really think that the, the the trajectory the direction that my life was going when I was 33 years old, I was on track to do the things that I wanted to do. Like, these are the things I was thinking of doing. I mean, I really always thought that I was going to run for office, too. But I thought I was going to do it when I was about 40. Um, but I think my life was going in a direction. I had my own business. I had my own house. I was living in the suburbs. I lived next door to the police chief in Chiselhurst, New Jersey. That's where I was living when I got busted. 1997 i was buying my house i was a couple of years into buying my house and bam i got arrested ruined my life he even sent me to prison you know a couple months later so knowing that i felt like i feel like a, i feel like a victim man i've always felt like a victim of the stupid world marijuana like i was doing other things but i didn't get busted for the other things i got busted for marijuana and i know there's a lot of other people out there that always felt that too that their life's like got ruined, got changed, because they got busted with weed. And now, these other guys, some of them, the same guys who were down with busting us for weed, like I talk crap about some of the, some, some guys, like uh, 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 locally, I'll put it this way, locally there was an a ex-GOP guy, an ex-Republican guy, who, who I actually like him, Scott Rudder. Scott Rudder um, is ex-Republican, and to me, when it comes to the war on drugs, I've always felt that the that the Republicans were more down with the war on drugs than the Democrats. But I know they both are. I mean, look at Biden. Biden was part of the whole crime bill in 1994. I totally get it. I get it. I get it. It was both parties, right? But I always felt that the Republicans were worse. I always felt that way. And I don't know. Republicans, uh, you know, this guy used to be a Republican. He ran for office. I think even one year we both ran at the, against each other. I think. I'm not sure. I think it was a state assembly seat in maybe 2006 or something, District 8. But I moved around the state a couple of times around there. But anyway, um, but I mean, he's he's the head, he's like the head lobbyist of, of the New Jersey Cannabis Business Association or something like that. I can't remember the title. And like the politicians are aligning with guys like him to make laws to, to appease guys like him. 
And guys like him didn't go to prison. Guys like him didn't sell weed. Guys like him were on the other side. You know, and now the legalization's coming. Guys from this side, we're like just excluded, like tough. Yeah, you fought the government and you won. You know, it was a declared war. And I always felt that the Republicans were more adamant about their war on drugs. So I became a victim of it. I became a POW of it. There was a declared war. And this declared war, in this declared war that I was obviously fighting because I was down with legalization, I was selling weed, I was disregarding the marijuana laws. I don't even disregard, I, 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 I follow most laws, you know? That's the crazy part about it. I follow most laws. But I never followed the marijuana laws. Um, so anyway, I get busted. My life is ruined. I don't know. I just, there's no way. And now, and now the guys who did those things to us, they're the guys being rewarded. And in the most wars, the winner, back in all wars, I can't name any other. In all wars, the winners are the ones who divide up the, the spoils of war. And I think the black market, guys who are fighting and resisting and continuing to provide people with marijuana, the, you know, the good guys, the were the good guys, you know, the, the weed men, the weed women who provided, we won. Like slowly across America, marijuana has become legal. It's becoming legal. But in states like New Jersey, other states I can name, Ohio, I can name other states where the prosecution side, the government side, even though they lost, they're the ones dividing up everything. And they're dividing up everything and they're, they're cutting out the winning side. And that's how it feels happened here in New Jersey. The black market won. The black market has provided for thousands and thousands of people, for hundreds of thousands of people smoke marijuana in the state of New Jersey because the black market supplied them. And, the black, and so all these people were down with legalization, down with resisting prohibition and now that we won there are everything is being given to these corporations be given to the out, out of staters and i just refuse to concede to that i'm just i'm babbling on but i refuse to concede that like why why should we concede why why are guys like us that went to prison for weed for selling weed for possessing marijuana that we're sidelined we can't put our name on, on an application. We're felons. We're this, we're that. But the laws are being written by these guys, Senator Scutari. They're being written by them to benefit these other guys it, instead of being all inclusive. It, there should be some type of reaper, reper, reparations. You know, people who got, got in prison, like maybe we shouldn't even have to have a license. Maybe if you, if you were in prison for possession with intent to distribute, that is your license. You can you can do this now. And that's how I take it. Now I went to prison for this. Now you're making it legal. No, I'm doing this. <clears throat> I think a thousand other people should feel this way. You know, I think I think more than a thousand people. I think hundreds of thousands of people across the country because hundreds of thousands of people have their lives ruined. You know, there are people that just got caught with like four ounces or five ounces or something. They they bought a couple ounces and they sold it to their friends and they got the smoke for free you know you know how many people do that you know buy a quarter pound of weed sell three ounces covers your ounce and sell for free but they got busted and they got possession intended to distribute and their whole life got rolled they you know lost jobs couldn't apply to jobs couldn't go to school whatever 
you know, affected your job visitation, all kinds of things. Now we're excluded from being any part of the cannabis industry, which is it was just amazing when they say this cannabis industry, like they're creating it, like it's just it's just showed up, like like Columbus, <laughs> like Christopher Columbus came and said that he discovered America. It is amazing to listen to these people say, like we're we're part of the new cannabis industry, like like it wasn't here for the last hundred years, like it just suddenly popped up because these dudes are calling it cannabis now. And, they showed up with politicians in their pockets to write the laws for them. <laughs> and now it's the cannabis industry. We went to prison for it. And you're still trying to keep us in prison for selling it. But I refuse to concede to that. Anyway, people, this was a test show. We're done. I'm done. I babbled on for an hour. At some point, we're going to have people calling in. Like I said, we have a few things lined up. We'll work it out. Really just trying to test the equipment tonight. So... Until next time. And wait a minute. What's that guy, Zach? Zach, you make sure you come through here and you grab your eighth of weed. Like I said, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. And Wednesdays during comedy. Yes, Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. You know what time it is. It's 420 Central Time. You come on in here between 12 and 8 o'clock. But <clears throat> on Mondays, we got the podcast show and I'm gonna have a studio audience. There's a couple people here now. I should turn the camera around and just show the people. People, chime in. Yay! Alright. You hear that verified. There's people here. But in the background later, we're gonna have numerous people here. We're gonna have numerous people. We're gonna have a little and on those days when we do the show, we're gonna do a lot of weed smoking and I probably do it I I have to do it online for the year. I'll have to I'll have to sell weed like I'm white on the air. <laughs> so I think that's going to be a feature. I sell weed to somebody every every show. So who knows how the show's going to work out. But anyway, peace, everybody. I'm babbling along too much. My joint went out. I never even finished my joint.